Thanks for joining us on the Father's House podcast, where we are leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online simply by going to thefathershouse.com. We'd love for you to stay connected throughout your week. Now, let's go to this week's message. Turn to two passages tonight, Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. And 1 Kings chapter 19. <clears throat> Got a lot of notes tonight, so I'm going to try to stay on track with these because I think it's, um, I think you're going to find some things that's going to be very enlightening. If you've ever been around the church very long or not even in the church, you hear people sometimes say, well, uh, that person has a Jezebel spirit. Uh, that, all, that word is often tossed around. Sometimes they just say, well, it's because somebody's all painted up. But there's more to that than just being painted up. The word Jezebel, or the person Jezebel, was an actual character in the Old Testament and an actual character in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, she was a ruling, king, a ruling queen uh, that cold-bloodedly killed a lot of prophets. And then she's mentioned in Revelation chapter 2. And in this passage, uh, she's symbolically mentioned because she's trying to control the church with a deceptive spirit. So uh, in that passage, uh, the Lord speaks to the church at Thyatira, and he tells them, you've been allowing that spirit, or you've been tolerating that spirit, and it is affecting the church. Well, I want to look tonight at this, that sometimes we tolerate a Jezebel spirit, and that Jezebel spirit then affects our life, affects our life. And so uh, the word of the Holy Spirit to the church at, Thess- at uh, Thyatira was, you need to uh, uh, not put up with what you should put out. So the title tonight is, don't put up with what you should put out. Say, put out. There's some things in your life we just need to put out and not tolerate with. Now, first of all, let me say this. The Jezebel spirit is not a strong-willed woman, all right? I, you know, what people often say, well, it's a strong-willed woman, and she's a Jezebel running her family, doing all of that. That's not what it is. A lot of people try to label a woman who has a strong voice or a strong point of view, and that's inaccurate and inappropriate, and we'll see that in just a minute. We're also, when we talk about the Jezebel spirit, are not talking about just a woman. We're talking also about men. When I said this Sunday morning, my counselor, uh, Dwight, said I'd never heard that before. But he said, when you said that, and he said, I want the notes from tonight. Because he said, I realize I have counseled a lot of men who have the characteristics of a controlling, manipulative Jezebel spirit. And they are a man. Jezebel spirits, if you want to fill in the first and the top of the line there, Jezebel spirits operate through manipulation, control, and intimidation. Manipulation, control, and intimidation. Now stop right there. All right, stop. I know you're writing down, but stop. Before you start pointing a finger or trying to label somebody that has a Jezebel spirit, or before you start sorting through the files of your mind and saying, I wonder who he's talking about. <laughs> Everyone, every one of us has been affected by the Jezebel spirit in some way or the other. 
we have been controlling or we have been controlled. Every one of us, there's elements of this that we have been controlling or we have been controlled. In the end times, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is because the Lord really spoke to me again the other day about that we are in spiritual warfare. Ephesians 6 and 12, he said, for, we f- for our fight or we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. And the Lord reminded me that in the end times, there is an unleashing of uh, evil spirits that the enemy is sending on the church to bring deception and hold the church back. Um, And we need to have our eyes open to that. There's different spirits. I don't know when I'll get a chance to talk about this, but there's the Ahab spirit. There's the Absalom spirit. There's the Python spirit that the enemy has sent. There is a Mephibosheth spirit, which I call the orphan heart spirit. And then tonight, I want to look at the Jezebel spirit. I believe that we need our eyes open to understand that there are spirits that are out to influence and operate And it's almost like a spiritual bully. We hear a lot today about bullying in school. And I'm going to tell you what the Jezebel spirit does. It's spiritual. It's a spiritual bully that tries to bully people. This evil spirit has torn down more churches and pastors, Christian ministries, and ruined marriages. This spirit ruins marriages. In the Old Testament, I said there is a Jezebel, but I want us to look about, first of all, in Revelation chapter 2, this, um, this Jezebel in the New Testament. I'm going to read the entire passage from uh, verse 18 to verse 29 of Revelation chapter 2. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things says the Son of God. Now, Jesus is talking here, and he's trying to warn them about something. Say, warn. He's trying to, and I'm trying to warn you. The Holy Spirit is trying to warn all of us tonight about things that will try to impede our joy in the Lord. He says, uh, I know your works, your love, your service, your faith, your patience, and as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. You allow, underline that word. That's the word tolerate in the Greek. You tolerate. You allow someone to do as they wish in the church and in your life. Some of you tonight have allowed people to do whatever they want to do in your life. They intimidate you. They manipulate you. They bully you. And you have allowed that. And he says, I know you're a good person, church. I know all of that, but I got something against you. You're tolerating a spirit that's stealing from you. And listen, what you tolerate, what you tolerate will eventually control your life. So he says, you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself, notice it's a self-imposed position. She calls herself a prophetess. She teaches and seduces my servant to commit sexual immorality, to eat things uh, sacrificed to idols. And I gave her a time to repent of her sexual immorality, and she didn't repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her 
into great tribulation unless they repent and do their deeds. Over and over, he's saying you need, there's a chance to repent. I'll kill her children or, or, or those that are her offspring. Those that she creates this spirit of Jezebel in them, of manipulation and control, he said, I'm going to deal with them also. Now to you, verse 24, I say, and to the rest of Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will, I will put on you uh, no other burden, but hold fast what you have till I come. And he who saith with me overcomes and keeps my works unto the end, to him I will give him the power over nations." He'll rule with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed in pieces like a, a potter, uh, potter's vessel. And also have received from my Father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has ears to hear, read it with me, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Jesus is warning the church at Thyatira. He says, I know your works. Nevertheless, you're tolerating. You're tolerating a spiritual bully. You're putting up with what you should put out of your life. I want you to see that God is saying to many of us tonight, you need to stand up against this spirit that's been intimidating you and not tolerate that spirit. What you tolerate will eventually control your life. The problem is we don't want to confront a Jezebel spirit because we have a dread that if I confront this spirit, if I say no to this spirit, if I don't allow this spirit to operate in my life, then I get that over-the-top reaction and they blow up. Or else they turn away from me in rejection and withdraw. Here's the characteristics of a Jezebel spirit. I'm not going to take time to talk about these. Each of these are a sermon in themselves. They operate out of a spirit of insecurity. They operate with a power of rejection. They operate in pride. They operate in arrogance. They operate in manipulation and control. A Jezebel spirit cannot operate without an Ahab spirit tolerating it. Jezebel is a controlling, manipulation, confusing spirit. Ahab is a tolerating spirit. Doesn't want to bother. Doesn't want to deal with that. Do you know who conquered more land in Israel? than anybody else of the kings? Who would you say? David? No. His son Solomon. You know who the second king that conquered most? Ahab. You know what that tells me? You can be a great conqueror and still be controlled by Jezebel spirit. Look at these indicators of a Jezebel spirit. Again, I'm not going to take a lot of time to go through all of these just to give you enough to open up your eyes to where you are. But before I do, before I do, look at me for just a moment. It's very unfair, and it's a natural tendency that we have. If when we read through this, we identify someone that has one or two traits of these, and we immediately say, oh, uh, that person has a Jezebel spirit. We all have character flaws. We all have blind spots. And when we're reading through this, some of you may read a couple of three of those and say, whoa, that's, that's me. That, that's, that's me. Well, that's a, a fault. That's, that's a blind spot. But when we read through these and a, and a number of these traits begin to line up, 
And then the Holy Spirit deals with you. If a number of these traits begin to line up that they're operating, that you operate these, then I'm here to say to you tonight, because of things that have happened in your life, you have allowed an open door of a Jezebel-controlling, manipulating, confusing spirit to come into your life. And I'm here to tell you tonight that the Lord says it's time to repent because he wants to restore the joy of the Lord to you. But if you also see in relationships, people you deal with in your family, you see a bunch of these things lining up, then bells need to go off and you need to say, you know what? I'm not going to tolerate that spirit anymore in my life because what I tolerate then will begin to dominate and control my life. Amen? So let's look at these. People, these are the uh, key indicators of a Jezebel spirit at work. First of all, people people influenced by the spirit of Jezebel have fear issues of rejection. They have fear issues of rejection. They control others because they don't want to get hurt. There's a history in most of their life of trauma or abuse or rejection, and so they want to be one up on that because they fear that if they're not in control, then they're going to be rejected. Number two, they have their own agenda, and they're looking for disciples for themselves. They're looking for disciples. They have their own agenda, and they're looking for disciples of their own. They may be in a point of ministry, or they may be somewhere else, or they may work for you even on your job, but they're really not about that. They're just going to try to drum up other followers because the more followers they get, the easier it is for them to get their way. They have their own agenda. They isolate. Here's the next one. They isolate and pit people against each other, privately and individually behind closed doors. They isolate and pit people against each other privately and behind closed doors. They'll get with someone and they'll start, and they'll get with somebody else, and they're isolated. And, and it's often somebody who's had a strong point, lady A or lady man, or man, lady man, man A, Or Lady A has a strong relationship with Lady B or Lady or Man B. And in comes the middle of that, someone with a controlling spirit. And they'll pull this person aside and say things. And they'll pull that person aside and say things. Because what they want to do is break that, that break that bridge that they have because they have an agenda on their own. And many times don't even realize that, but they try to isolate and pit people against one another. Some of you in school, some of you in high school, you're going to watch that with people that you know. They're going to do the very same thing with you. And the next thing is, they play the victim. And they're never wrong. And they blame everybody else. They never admit that they're wrong. When they apologize, it's never sincere. They'll say things, I'm sorry if your feelings got hurt. Yeah? If they admit any guilt at all, they'll twist it around and make it look like it's your fault. Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. Lights beginning to go off. Here's another one. They have a false humility, and they feel entitled or owed something. They have a false humility. You know, they, they come off as that person that's very humble. 
But in the midst of all of that, they feel entitled and they feel like that they're owed something. And like I said, I could, I could spend five, ten minutes on, on each of these. Uh, they look for others who are hurt and wounded to mentor them. I always watch this in a church. A person that has the influence of this negative spirit will always find out people that have been hurt so that they can identify with that person and say to that person, nobody understands you like I understand you. And they want to bring that person along because they want to try to mentor that person to be who God wants them to be. But they have their own agenda. Here's another one. They criticize everybody. That's a characteristic of a controller. Because, you see, when I criticize others, it elevates me in my own mind. So if you find somebody that's always critical of everybody else, another light should go off that possible that could be there, the influence of a Jezebel spirit. They sow seeds of discord. The Jezebel spirit will continually belittle a person in a very subtle way. They'll, be, they'll belittle that person. The strategy is to gain control by minimizing the value of another person. And they'll do it in subtle ways. But they just come in like a heat-seeking missile. And they begin to belittle. I, I know you struggle with that. Oh, I'm so sorry. And, then, and I'm so sorry that's an area. Oh, I, and, and, and so what they're trying to do, and, and they sow discord, and, and God hates that. They're vengeful. Since a Jezebel is never wrong, if you contradict or confront someone who has a Jezebel spirit, it's going to be your worst day. You'll be the target of the most fierce vengeance and venom that you can find. And they will stop at nothing until they destroy your reputation. And they'll use social media to do it. They attempt to make you look like you're the Jezebel. A Jezebel spirit is difficult to pin down. But if the person is near being confronted or exposed, they skillfully twist the entire situation to try to make it look like the innocent person is really the one that's attempting control. As always, the Jezebel spirit will always make sure that they look like they're the person that is in the right. And they insinuate disapproval. They insinuate disapproval. It's not always a verbal thing that they disapprove of you, but they'll often imply disapproval to those that are under their control. They'll control a person by making a person feel like they can't express their own opinion. Or if they do express their own opinion, they're going to get disapproval for that. And some of you here tonight, and some of you here, that's happened in your life. You hang around with people that intimidate you in such a way that you never feel free to say what you really feel. You never feel free because you feel like if you do, then they're going to disapprove of me and they're going to reject me. And so, that, and, and that's a big one that happens in marriages and causes divorce a lot of times. Here's another one. They appear to know it all. The Jezebel spirit has an uncanny knowledge of everything, so they say. They're quick to express their opinion in every way. And uh, 
regardless, they'll say, they don't know anything about a ministry in the church that's going on, but they're sure to write up a thing and said, this is what the church needs to do about that. Or they may not even be a musician, but they'll send a text to Andrea, this is what the church needs to do about this. And they take credit for all the accomplishments of anything that happens around them. They'll say, well, it was my leadership. It was my prayer. It was my idea that made this thing go. If it weren't for me, you wouldn't have a ministry. If it weren't for me, you wouldn't have a life. If it weren't for me, you wouldn't have any friends. You may not know, and, and, and they love to control information, and they'll do things like this. Now, you may not know this, but I've got sources, and uh, this, is what they, this is what they're saying. This is what they're saying. And next, they appear very religious. They seem to be super spiritual in an exaggerated way. Because that's another way they think they gain acceptance. A Jezebel spirit in a local church doesn't like authority unless they're in the position of authority. A Jezebel spirit in a church doesn't like authority unless they are in the position of authority. And they use words like this. Well, you know, God told me. God told me. Listen, when you use God's name, you better be sure that he told you. I'm very cautious when I say God told me. I'll often say, I think I heard the Lord say this. I'm believing this is what the Lord says. But when you get so bold to play the trump card of God, not Donald, but God, and they tend to hide from true repentance. We all want to believe that if you point out somebody that has a Jezebel spirit, uh, that they want to be delivered. They want to repent. So when you confront often somebody that has a Jezebel spirit, they'll appear normal for a period of time. But it won't be long until those classic traits will come back up and you'll see them wreaking havoc again. Caution. Caution. Please hear me. Please hear what I'm getting ready to say. Caution. People who get sucked in by someone with a Jezebel spirit almost entirely are always have an inner drive because they've been wounded and they have a lack of self-love. They have a lack of a God image of their life. And these Jezebel spirits play on that in an awesome way because they play on that person that feels lonely. And what they do is they create a codependency. And you, and you begin to depend on them for your life. And it begins to destroy you. Now, turn with me to the Old Testament, to 1 Kings chapter 19. And I want to show you the effects of the Jezebel spirit on Elijah. Any of this making sense? Any of you having like some bells going off and saying ding, 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 and it's not the stock market? I really would encourage you to read all of 1 Kings chapter 18 and 19 to see how that Elijah confronts 
the spirit of Jezebel and Ahab. He comes against, he kills 850 prophets of Baal. Remember that? He calls fire down out of heaven. Man, wouldn't you think a guy like that could just handle anything? I mean, think about it. Call, call fire down out of heaven. And by yourself, confront 850 prophets of Baal. I mean, you'd think, man, you could just about handle anything. Let me tell you, when the Jezebel spirit creeps up on you, after you have some of your greatest victories, some of you sitting here tonight, you've come through a time in which you've rededicated your heart to God. You have made a recommitment to Him. And in recommitting to Him, it just seems like that that would be normal, that everything would go great. But often what you'll find is, after some of your greatest victories, you'll find this intimidating, controlling, manipulative, lying, confusing Jezebel spirit will raise her head, and they'll try to get you to do three things. So here we have the story. First thing is, we find that this Jezebel spirit affects Elijah with a spirit of fear. A spirit of fear. Can you imagine? I mean, get a hold of this. A spirit of fear? He's just faced down 850 prophets of Baal. He's just called down fire from heaven to consume that. So you'd think, surely nothing uh, would... But I'm telling you, the Jezebel spirit is nothing to play around with. Uh, Verses uh, 1 and 3 of 1 Kings 19. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, look at this. So let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them tomorrow about this time. In other words, I'm going to kill you just like you killed the 850. He stood against 850 prophets of Baal, but one woman manifesting a Jezebel spirit, says, I'm going to do you in. And he saw it, and he arose, and he ran for his life. He was paralyzed by her projected power. It wasn't a real power. It was a projected power. And it was after his great victory. She uses intimidation with great effectiveness and vengeance and causes him to run for his life. Here's a question. Do you get shaky and feel nervous and fearful when you have to address someone? Could be. That it's not that person that you fear, but it's the intimidating spirit of the Jezebel spirit in them that you fear. You see, the power of the Jezebel spirit has power because we tolerate it. When you stop tolerating that, then you're going to be set free. The Jezebel spirit, I said this earlier, but let me reinforce this. The Jezebel spirit is rooted in insecurity and rejection. In insecurity and rejection. You may not know this. But Jezebel was rejected by her father and had a controlling mother. There is a pattern that I've seen through the 50 years that I've been in ministry. That people that have been rejected by their father and have a dominant mother, not all, but many of them 
open the door and lean themselves to a Jezebel controlling, intimidating spirit. Like a piece of property, she didn't want to marry Ahab, but because her dad wanted to make an alliance with Ahab, he gave Ahab his daughter. Rejected by her father, a controlling mother. People who have a Jezebel spirit have to control because they've been wounded and they've been rejected and they want to control every person and every circumstance so that they don't get wounded again. They try to control their family through intimidation. And many times we say they become control freaks in the middle of that. It's possible that many of them have a deep wound of rejection so they don't want to be rejected again. Many good people, good-hearted people, but because of a wound of rejection from a father and a controlling mother, open a door and allow the enemy to come in and begin to creating a stronghold of a controlling Jezebel spirit. Elijah ran. The second effect was isolation. Isolation. Verse 3. And when he saw it, when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life, went to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. The second way that the Jezebel spirit attacks, the, the feeling is not only are you fearful, but the second thing is it creates isolation. It causes you to want to go into isolation. You want to get away from everybody and everything. I don't want to be around people. Now listen, there's a difference in isolation and solitude. Solitude is good. We need to spend time in solitude with Jesus. Jesus often withdrew to prayer. Listen, I have to go to the mountain every once in a while to get along with God so that I can come back down off the mountain and I can give you the word that the Lord gave me. But I can't get a word from the Lord if I run in isolation. When the Jezebel spirit is attacking me, and yep, the Jezebel spirit's attacked me before, I just want to get alone. I don't want you. I don't want anybody. I don't want my wife. I don't want anybody. I want to turn on some old westerns. I want to eat junk food, and I want to withdraw. I don't want to deal with anybody. That's the spirit of isolation. The third spirit is the spirit of exhaustion. The is exhaustion, fear, isolation, exhaustion. Verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, and he came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, It's enough. Take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Then as he lay and slept under a broom tree, suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there by his head was angel food cake. <clears throat> now what your Bible says? And a jar of water. So he ate and drank, and he lay down again. The Jezebel spirit works and creates fear, isolation, and then exhaustion just wears you down. Let me read this verse from the message. And then went on into the desert another day's journey. He came to a lone broom brush and collapsed in its shade, wanting in the worst way to be done with it all, to just die. 
enough of this, God. Take my life. I'm ready to join my ancestors in the grave. This was a place that he was mentally, physically, spiritually exhausted. Evidently, he hadn't been sleeping. If you're having trouble sleeping, and it's a continual thing, you may want to look and see if there's a Jezebel troubling spirit that's troubling you. And when you leave town, if you can sleep, and sometimes sleep for hours, but then when you get back to town, you get into that same thing of not being able to sleep. You may be tolerating some sort of Jezebel spirit in your life. And what happens is you just want to quit. You want to give up. You want to throw in the towel. Enough of this, God. I can't take this anymore. In chapter 19, verse 10, he says, I alone am left. So the Jezebel spirit wants you to feel abandoned, surrender to hopelessness, lose your identity and your self-worth. Think about this. Elijah. But he's lost his self-identity. He's lost his self-worth. He's become a victim where just a few days ago, hours ago, he was, he was a victor. What happens is Jezebel's spirit begins to distort and twist your perspective until you believe that you've served God in vain and all these things are happening to you and you just say, I quit, I give up, this is it, don't want to go any farther. I remind you that the Lord called Elijah to the top of the mountain. He collapsed in a cave, and Elijah and God said, what are you doing here? And Elijah was just tired. God said, come out and stand attention outside in the cave. And remember that? There was a hurricane-like wind. There was an earthquake. There was all the storm, nothing in that. And then there was the still, small voice of God that spoke to Elijah. And he said to Elijah, you're not the only one. I have seven other prophets that have not bent the knee to the Jezebel spirit. And they have not silenced uh, my voice to the Jezebel spirit. You need to get out of this cave. You need to go back to the work you're doing. You're going to anoint a king. You're going to anoint a priest. And you're going to anoint a prophet. And that prophet Jehu one day is going to ride down on his fast chariot to where Jezebel is. And he's going to look up. And the whole room is full of eunuchs, demasculated men that Jezebel had put that way to have around her. And he's going to look up and he's going to say, if you're for God, cast Jezebel down. And she's going to come down to her grave. And when he came back later, there wasn't any skin or anything left or any blood. All of us found was Jezebel's skull. I'm telling you, what you tolerate will impact and control your life. So the question is, in our remaining moments tonight, how do I deal with a Jezebel spirit? The good news is, when we look at all of these bad characteristics, none of these characteristics can take away freedom of choice. Say freedom of choice. You have the freedom to make decisions. We have the freedom to make mistakes. We have the freedom to walk away from God. We have the freedom. But we also have the freedom to repent. And in that freedom, we can get rid of, in our life, if we see patterns of a Jezebel spirit, or if we feel like that we're manipulated by a Jezebel spirit.
Listen, listen to me. Listen, please listen. You can be gracious to the person that has a Jezebel spirit, but you cannot be gracious to that spirit. You got to be firm. Because they'll start working every angle. Well, you used to spend so much time with me. You, we, we, we shared so much. You shared wisdom with me and spiritual things. And oh, I know now. You feel like you're better than me, don't you? You feel like you're better than me. You got to remember, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against a spirit that maybe has come in through a wound, through a rejection. And that person, you see, said, well, why don't you just cast the devil out? You can't, you can't cast flesh out. The Jezebel spirit, I don't think, is a demonic spirit. I think it can lead to things. But it's a choice. It's a choice of the flesh. That I will use my power to control, intimidate, and confuse people. Because I want to pull people in my direction. So, what do we do? What do we do if I'm dealing with a Jezebel spirit that I've recognized in me? As I went through these, what if you say, Terry, I believe I are. I said that humorously because I don't want you to feel so overwhelmed with grief. Because God asked me. I've never taught this before in my life. Several weeks ago, God brought this to me and said, I want you to deal with some of these end-time spirits. Because they're spirits that are going to attempt to destroy marriages and my church. So what do I do if I see that maybe I'm that? You know what? And you'd be surprised how many preachers have a Jezebel spirit. When I went through those things, some of you remembered a church that you'd been part of. I could rattle off right now about half a dozen people that I know that are in ministry that have this, have this spirit. And many of them have gone through, have been rejected by their father, have been rejected by their father, have a domineering mother, and those characteristics are, are in their life. And it not only, and, and, and it'll lie dormant, and it'll look like it's okay in a, in a place of authority, but if anybody challenges that authority, if anybody asks anything about that, that's why a lot of you left churches like that, because you couldn't even feel like you could go and have a set down and ask a question, because if you did, you were not quest, you didn't have a question, but you're questioning that authority, and then you could catch all hell as a result of that. So what I'm saying is this, if I recognize some of these things are in my life tonight, then what do I need to do? Number one, I need to submit to God. I just need to submit my life to God. I submit my life to God. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. You don't start with, I'm going to resist this spirit right now. I know you start saying, I realize there's some patterns in my life that are not right. And maybe it's because of this, or maybe because of something else, or maybe you don't even remember how that happened. It was so many years ago. But you submit your life to God. Number two, you repent of all strongholds that you've allowed. You repent of all strongholds. Lord, I, I just, I, I repent of any stronghold I've allowed. Any time that I have used my ability to control or manipulate somebody else to get what, Lord, I ask your forgiveness. I repent. And number three, you've got to break ungodly soul ties. You've got to break those ungodly soul ties that have actually given you fuel to be who you are. And then number four, you've got to turn away from your old Jezebel-led ways. 
you got to turn away. you got to renew your mind of the power of God, and you got to give no opportunity to the devil. But what do we do? Here's the big one. What do I do when I realize that somebody in my life is trying to, is operating a Jezebel controlling spirit against me? Here's the first one. We need to pray for wisdom and protection beforehand. We need to pray for wisdom and protection beforehand. we got to start there. Lord, give me wisdom how to handle this. Lord, uh, Lord help me to, to be able to help this person. Not just to say, you know, to hell with you in, in the name of Jesus and, you know, whatever. But it's a person. It's a person. It's a per- and if they continue on this pattern, if you look at their life, it's broken relationship, broken relationship, broken relationship, broken relationship, broken church, left this church, went to another church, left that church, went to another church, started this ministry, started that one, started this one, started that one, and that's the history of that. So where along the line do we quit and say, I'm not going to tolerate that anymore, but I'm going to ask God to give me the heart to see them through His eyes in such a way that I can maybe somehow through the power of the Holy Spirit help them to see who on the inside and what's driving them. Number two, we have to stand firm against ungodly influence, manipulation, and twisted words. Because many times when you do that, even in an honest heart, they're going to start twisting those words. They're going to start using that. And, and, and it's just like uh, trying to manipulate you with those, those spiritual ta- tactics. But James 3 and 17 18, 18 says, But the wisdom from above is first pure. In other words, I'm not trying to get back at them. I'm not trying to put them in their place. I'm not trying to hurt them. Because that hurt and rejection is what's created who they are in the first place. But the wisdom from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Number three. Find a time to lovingly confront and point them to Jesus. We are called to lovingly confront, share the good news. Here's my question. I wonder what's being held up in your life because you've been tolerating a Jezebel spirit. To be honest with you, this is the second question that I have addressed to me. I wonder what's been held up in this church because of tolerating Jezebel spirits. Not wanting to deal with the fallout. Not wanting to deal with picking up all the pieces. But I wonder... I wonder what's being held up by things that we tolerate. I want us to get really honest right now, and I don't know how else to do this. I've I've been praying for a couple weeks now how to end this out. And I think this is what the Lord wants. 
If you're dealing with this right now, some sort of influence of a Jezebel spirit or even see some of that in your own life, I'd like for you to stand. I want to pray for you. And I know by standing, that's kind of risky, but that's the only way I know to do this. I'd like you just to close your eyes and before I pray for you, I want you to pray for yourself. I want you to have a moment with God quietly. I want you to repent for tolerating that spirit. Talk to the Lord. Ask Him to forgive you for tolerating that in your life, in your church, in your ministry, in your small group, or if it's been operating in your life, ask God to forgive you. as you stand there and do business with the Lord, I want to pray for you. Lord, I want to say thank you that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just. You're the only one that's just. You're the only one that can give us right justice. And forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of unrighteousness. Lord, I'm not sure I fully understand the scripture that said, you said to your disciples, the sins that you forgive are forgiven. So, Lord, we come in agreement with you tonight. And we say, Lord, that those have asked forgiveness tonight. Their sins are forgiven. They are released. And now, Lord, we pray for wisdom. Give us a plan to move forward, what to do and how to say it. Lord, I pray that we can experience that still, small voice that gives us wisdom and direction and guidance like Elijah. Lord, we submit ourselves to you. And we resist the plan of Satan in the name of Jesus. Say this with me. Lord, I submit myself to you. And I resist the enemy and all of his plans in the name of Jesus. Listen, I take authority right now over every spirit that is coming against you and your family in his name. I rebuke it right now in Jesus' name and by the authority of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, by the authority of His name, by the power of His blood, by the power of His name, and I rebuke Satan, and I rebuke every spirit of rejection 
I command you to go in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of fear, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of intimidation, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of confusion, manipulation, and control, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I say right now, go. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps will be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to thefathershouse.com slash next. Join us next week as we continue to love God, help people, and build the kingdom.